1: you and that relationship with God. Let nothing come in there. Have confidence in God. Have the boldness given to you by the Holy Spirit. Know who you are in Christ and know where you're going. Have confidence in Him that if He chooses to have you serve somebody, He's going to give you the power to do it. He's even going to give you the words to say. I don't know what to say. Well, step out in faith. Open your mouth and the Holy Spirit will give you words to say.
0: Do you have confidence in the Lord to rest knowing that He has great plans for you? As Pastor Dave shares in today's lesson, having confidence in the Lord means having the faith to serve others, knowing that the Lord will provide the strength necessary to serve. If you serve out of fear, it's time to ask the Lord for His assurance. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 13 as he continues his message, The Sovereign Servant.
1: tend to have this pride in us, this sinfulness of pride, and we say, I'm not that dirty. I'm not that dirty. Just a few drops is all I need. But it's such a lie because we're nothing but filthy, sinful people. We are sinners saved by grace. Sinners saved by grace. John's going to say this in his epistle, his first epistle in 1 John 1, 8 and 10. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in us. My brothers and my sisters, my friends, my loved ones, we have to come to grips with just how dirty we've been and how much Jesus has cleansed us and how he continues to cleanse our lives. In 1 John 1, 9... He says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Peter answers the Lord in a typical Peter way, the way you would expect Peter to answer. He looks at how he says in verse 9. Then Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my feet, and my head, everything, pour that bucket over top of me. Gotta love Peter, you know. He wants to be fully washed. He was still reluctant to let Jesus do what he wanted to do, but Peter wanted to tell Jesus what to do. His pride was getting the best of him. Don't just wash my feet. Come on, have at it. Douse me. But once again, Peter comes to a point of submission. Even in a weird way, he says, wash all of me. It is kind of a point of submission. It's kind of like when Jesus told him to lower the nets, plural, and he lowered one net. It was kind of a submission. It was kind of a halfway submission. But Jesus takes that. Jesus will take whatever you give him. He will take whatever you can give him. Whatever you can allow him to have, he will gladly take it. I love what one commentator said, quote, Sometimes we show a servant's heart by accepting the service of others for us. If we only serve and refuse to be served, it can be a sign of deeply rooted and well-hidden pride. Man's humility does not begin with the giving of service. It begins with the readiness to receive it. For there can be much pride and condescension in our giving of service. Wow. We need to be willing to receive, to receive from service. So once again, Jesus takes control of the situation. And he says in verse 10, Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are all clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. What is he referring to? What is Jesus referring to here? He's referring to our daily walk, he's referring to our constant walk with Jesus. I walk in filth. It's a filthy, rotten, dirty world out there, and we walk in it. If I don't allow him to cleanse me, I have no part with him. We must continually have our feet washed in an ongoing relationship and trust in Jesus Christ. First John, when we read that scripture, his blood cleanses us. It means continually cleanses us. It's a continually cleansing. What Jesus is saying here is that we walk this path through the world. We pick up defilement here and there from the contact of the world. But the defilement is only on the surface. It's just washing your feet. As long as your feet are washed, that's all you need. If we continue to walk in pollution and do not allow him to cleanse me, I experience separation from him. I'm not speaking of salvation. I'm speaking of intimacy. I'm speaking of intimacy here, not salvation. It's an intimacy issue. It's like renewing your mind to the faith. Renewing your mind to what's true. It's like getting back to the centrality of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Because on the cross, everything was taken care of. It was all done. It was complete. The words, it is finished, mean that. It was complete. It was done. We need to be washed by the water of the word. We need to allow it to cleanse us thoroughly. We need to allow it to come over us and cleanse us. Take away the defilement of the world. Because the world defiles us. It defiles us. We need to allow the water of the word to take that. When we confess our sins, we're not promising that we'll never sin again. We would love that. But that's not reality, is it? That's not reality. We're saying, you're right, Lord. I sinned. I did wrong. What I did was sin. I confess to you. Please have mercy on me. So we confess our sins. We must be brought back to the centrality of Jesus Christ. We must remember that the shed blood of Jesus, that he's already paid for, this, for the sin. The work of the cross was complete. Work of the cross was complete. We can add nothing to it, nor can we take anything away from it. Work on the cross was complete. Jesus says, not all of you are clean. What's he talking about in verse 11? It says, for he knew who would betray him. Therefore, he said, you are not all clean. So did Peter learn from this? Did Peter learn from this example? Well, we think he did. And there is some proof that Peter learned from it. Because if you study the life of Peter, you'll see how this example played out and how it reminded Peter of something. In 1 Peter 4, 11 through 14, it says this. If anyone speaks, let him speak as oracles of God. If anyone administers, let him do so with the ability with which God supplies, that all things God may be glorified through the Jesus Christ, to whom being the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, Do not think it strange concerning the fire trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, that you also may be glad exceedingly with joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit glory of God rests upon you. On their part he is blaspheming, on your part he is glorified. What he's saying here is, serve one another with gladness, serve one another with joy. Give your hearts to each other. Give your hearts to each other and let Christ be lifted up. Let Christ be exalted. Four principles that I want you to remember about what happened here between Jesus and Peter. Principle number one. We have to understand that service is an expression of love. Service comes out of love. Not that the love we have for God, but the love God has for us. It comes out of us realizing that love. (laughs) Scripture says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Everything you have. If you're not doing that, forget about service. Forget about service. If that is not what you're doing, forget about service. That needs to be the first choice, to love the Lord your God with everything you have, with your total being. If we're to understand why or how Jesus washed the feet of the disciples and then died on the cross... We must begin by understanding love. In John 13, 3, at the beginning of this chapter, Jesus shows, John shows us the heart of Jesus when he writes, Having loved his own who were in the world, Jesus now showed them the full extent of his love. He loved them to the end. Jesus' heart was filled with love as he washed his disciples' feet. What he did was an act of love. It was a pure act of love. He wasn't filled with anger. He wasn't filled with disillusionment. He heard them arguing. He heard them saying all sorts of things. I'm greater than you. No, you're not. Yes, I am. And the whole thing. He wasn't frustrated or disgusted. He was filled with love for the people that God had given him, the ones that God had chosen to be his. And he wanted to show them something. If you want to serve as Jesus served, it's important that we begin with love. It must be love for God first. Remember the two commandments we're going to study in a while in John? Love your Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. If you can't get one, the first one right, you're never going to get the second one right. You're never going to get the second one right. And if you look at the cross, you can see the first one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. The horizontal. You've heard this before. The horizontal. Love your neighbor as yourself excuse me, the vertical. The love of your neighbor is yourself, the horizontal. If you don't have this down, forget this. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Look back in your own life. And so, when Jesus came in and you start just loving him and enjoying his company and reading his word and being built up in his faith, all of a sudden you found love for others that you normally wouldn't love. You found a love in your heart that people that, that you, you might even be angry at or, or mad at and you, you wanted to apologize to them and you wanted to get back into right fellowship with them and you wanted to show them your love And because you're showing Jesus' love. Why is that? Because there's no limit to what love can motivate us to do. There was no limit to what love can show us to do. It was love that held Jesus to that cross. Love for you, love for me, love for the world. That's what held him to the cross. To serve like Jesus is to love like Jesus. Second principle. Service springs from confidence. Confidence in whom? Not me. I can't serve out of my confidence. I can serve out of his confidence. I'm confident that God, through his Holy Spirit, wants me to serve. And by being confident in the Holy Spirit to give me that confidence and that boldness, I can stand before people and love them and serve them with gladness. See the word serve, servant, service. You say that in the world today and they'll say, oh, you're weak. You're weak. You want to serve somebody? Oh, you're just a weakling. You're just a weakling. When you say those kind of things, people think of uneducated. They think of poor. They think of being powerless. It's commonly thought that those who serve, that's all they can do because they can't do anything else. But that's not true. That's not true. We're not forced to serve. We serve because we've been loved so much. We've served by what happened on that cross. We serve because we realize just how much God loves us. And we want to try to give back something by serving others. We serve God by serving others, and they see God in us. Believe me, the night Jesus washed the disciples' feet, he was not weak. He was not weak at all. He had all the power he needed. He was still God, all-powerful, and he knew that God had given everything into his hands. So he was not weak. What Jesus did in service, he did from a position of confidence and a position of power, not weakness. In order to serve like Jesus, we too must have the self-concept and confidence of boldness that is given to us by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives you the boldness. What did Jesus say to his disciples? I know where I'm from, I know who sent me, and I know where I'm going. As children of God, we know from whence we've come, we've been born again by the Spirit. We know who sent us because in Matthew 28, you have the great commission Jesus sent us, and we know where we're going. We're going to heaven. So we too should have the same confidence. We too should have that same confidence, the same thing. We must understand how loved and treasured we are in God's eyes. and Then we'll be able to serve with humility and boldness. Third principle, service must be God-oriented. It cannot be self-oriented. If you're serving for self, you're in the wrong neighborhood. Serving must be God-oriented. Jesus was called to serve. I have come to serve, not to be served. We're called to serve. Jesus served those who are about to hurt him. Remember the first person's feet he washed? Judas. He already said he knew who would betray him. And next week we're going to look at when he identifies who is going to betray him. He knew that. He knew that he would be betrayed. He knew that what was going to happen after he betrayed. And he still washed Judas' feet. Still washed his feet. Think about it. Jesus was able to serve under these conditions Because he knew he was doing the will of the Father. See, if you're loving God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, if you're loving the Lord with everything you have, when he presents you with something to do, you know it's his will. And you do it with the confidence because if he presents something for you to do, he's going to give you the power to do it. He's not going to leave you helpless. He's not going to say, go do this and not give you any power. That's what the Holy Spirit is for. The Holy Spirit is for to give you the power, to give you the ability to do those things. Why did the Holy Spirit fall at Pentecost? Why did the Holy Spirit fall on Pentecost? Read verse verse 8 of chapter 1. So that you would be witnesses of me. That's what the Holy Spirit fell. That's why the Holy Spirit fell. So that you would be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the outer portions of the world. that's what it was for. The people we serve may not appreciate us. They may not really appreciate what we're doing. They may even harm us while we're serving them. But we must continue to serve because we know we are not serving them in essence. We're serving God. God is our tutor. He's the one leading us into service, and we're serving him. Serving for the Christian must not depend on results. It doesn't depend on results and it doesn't depend on the actions of others. I can guarantee if you're serving someone, there will be those who rail against you for your service. That doesn't, that's okay. Because they're not really railing against you, they're railing against God. They're really railing against God. It must be our commitment and faithfulness to God as to why we serve. Fourth and final principle. Service requires first being served. Service requires first being served. When Jesus came to Peter and started to wash his feet, Peter questioned him. He questioned him, but Jesus told him, you're not gonna understand right now. You might understand later, not right now. He said, you'll never wash my feet. But Jesus said, it's necessary. Jesus' words to Peter reveal how destructive spiritual pride and self-reliance can be in our relationship to God. If you are too spiritually high to have someone come and serve you, if you want to accept a gift from somebody because you're so spiritual, there's a problem with that. You must learn how to be served. Didn't Christ serve us on the cross? Didn't he serve us? We've accepted that. If we don't think we need God or his help, you're in trouble. You're in heap of trouble. As long as we think we've earned our salvation, we will never be filled with gratitude and humility towards God. And consequently, we have no desire or motivation for serving anybody else. But on the other hand, when we realize that we've been saved only by God's wonderful grace, then it becomes so grateful and becomes so humble. But who am I to boast? We've been saved by grace through faith. It's a gift so that no one can boast. Where's your boasting? I boast only in the cross of Jesus Christ. The only boasting I can do is in the cross of Jesus Christ. I can't boast in anything else. Being continually served by Jesus' sacrifice is an ongoing necessity for true Christian service. I am constantly served. I am continually cleansed when I confess my sin. I'm constantly being served by him. So, to wrap up, the lesson that Jesus taught Peter in service was to love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And let nothing come in between you and that relationship with God. Let nothing come in there. Have confidence in God. Have the boldness given to you by the Holy Spirit. Know who you are in Christ and know where you're going. Have confidence in him that if he chooses to have you serve somebody, he's going to give you the power to do it. He's even going to give you the words to say. Well, I don't know what to say. Well, step out in faith, open your mouth, and the Holy Spirit will give you words to say. Serving someone. You know, sometimes service can be as simple as, how you doing? I notice you seem a little down. Everything all right? How you holding up? It can be simple, simple things, everyday things. Honor God by serving others. Be others-centered. And finally, allow others to serve you. Allow others to serve you. Don't take that high and mighty spiritual loftiness and go, oh, no, I can't accept that. No, you can't serve me. No, no. Allow others to serve you. Allow people to serve you with joy and know that they're serving God by serving you and you're going to be blessed too. And you're being prepared for service for somebody else. We can learn a lot from these scriptures if we would just take the time to look into them and open up our hearts to see what the Holy Spirit would tell us. This is a lesson that all the disciples had to learn. Not only Peter, but it seems like we always pick on Peter. But I'll be the first to tell you that there's a lot of Peter in me. A lot of him. And it comes out from time to time. The Lord says, have some patience. Relax. Learn from the lesson that I want to show you and that I want to give you. And I need to take a step back and allow him to wash me with the water of the word to cleanse me from all unrighteousness, to get my feet clean again from the defilement of the world and get back on track in the centrality of Jesus Christ. And that's what we do one to another. You got a brother struggling? You got a sister struggling? Come alongside. Come alongside and lead them back to Christ. Lead them back into the arms of the Lord. Give them some hope. Give them some comfort. Give them some peace. See a brother or sister struggling, get alongside them. You don't have to know everything about it. You don't have to know what's going on. You don't have to know anything at all. All you gotta do is look at their countenance and go, you know, you're struggling. I need to be. Can I pray with you? The Lord knows exactly what's going on in that heart. You don't need to know. Because what happens when we know? We tell somebody else. It's nobody else's business. Get more people, more confidence in you when you keep your mouth shut than you do when you start running around telling everybody under the sun about other people's problems. Where's the service in that? Where's God honored in that? See, God wants to use you. He's willing to use you. He's desperately waiting to use you. Be available to be used. Peter was going to go through a lot and it's not over yet. Peter's going to have a long night. It's going to be a long night for poor Peter. But he's going to learn huge lessons in the middle of it. We're only hours away from the crucifixion. Hours, mere hours away from the crucifixion. And the night before, you know all the stuff that's going to happen. Jesus is going to tell Peter, Satan has asked for you, and he wants to sift you as wheat. But when you return, feed my sheep. Peter's going to tell Jesus, I'll die for you. I'll stand right up with you, and I'll nobody will get you. He's going to say, well, I'm sorry, Peter, but the sad news is before the cock crows, you're going to die me three times. Peter's going to have a long night. Don't be like that. Ward it off. See it coming. And love him. Amen? Amen? You are assured.
0: We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. Just look under the Messages tab.